Hi, I'm Tuha and this is a podcast about flexible working. My guests every week share how they work flexibly and make it work. By sharing these stories, we hope to empower others start their journey to flexible working. Likewise, those already working flexibly will find these stories as inspiring too. Enjoy listening. Hello, Camilla, how are you? Hello, I'm good, thank you, Tua. And um, can you explain to the listeners how, uh, what you do? I sure can. So um, I'm Camilla McGill and I'm the founder of My Parenting Solutions. And I've been working with parents for oh, quite a, well over 18 years now. And I absolutely love what I do. So I basically help them have a calmer and happier family life. Um, but I have a particular area um, of helping pe- parents with potty training, because I think it mo- a lot of parents find it extremely stressful. It's quite easy for it to go wrong. And um, I, I just, I've developed over time what, by working with parents and through research and development, um, a really great gentle method. And uh, parents absolutely love it it's about working collaboratively with your child and helping them understand what's going on in their body and and just getting a real um helping kids to get a connection with um you know the whole process of elimination so um that's you know that that's what i've been focusing on uh, more recently although i do do um general parenting as well oh brilliant so how do you work flexibly then uh good question i um do you do you mean like what what are my top tips or what well no how do you what's your work style so do you just work in between like this school drop-off and pick-ups or evenings or um my kids are older now so I don't have any uh they're teenage and upwards so I don't I don't have that um you know, school pickup thing anymore. Um, I tend to um, so I t- try to keep my work to the sort of working day, so between about n- nine and five. But I can't say I'm always completely disciplined with that. Um, so I uh, will quite often check email in the evening and. Often what I'll do is if I read it, I won't respond to it, but I'll just sort of mark it as unread and come back to it in the morning. I think it's quite good for clients to see that your emails are coming in working hours uh, rather than you're sort of available at any time of the day. So, um, yeah, and with things like my Instagram, I try and sort of if I the best way is if I do them in blocks and um, and then I'll kind of go on about eight. 30 quarter to nine in the morning and and send it I, I know there's things like later I haven't really got to grips with that but I've, I've got to grips with with um Canva so I'll design the, the the posts and then and then um send them out um uh, try to do it at a kind of set time okay and then when you're working with your with the parents and the toddlers yes. in terms of possibly yes. like what kind of like I guess it's always true. No, actually, sorry, that's a really good point. So so what I was describing was more the kind of, you know, working on the business. Um, I don't see the children themselves. I just work with parents. Um, so when I'm doing consultations, um, I do some of them during the day, but I largely do them when the children of the parents I'm working with are asleep. So those I will do in the evening. 
Um, but I am uh, I have just developed an online training, so I'm I'm also sort of working on getting that out. I've been doing live um, web classes once a week, uh, so those are in the evening as well. And but then the kind of the build up to that and the, the follow on that work I'll be doing in the day. Oh, brilliant. So in terms of how did you get into all of this? Uh, really good question. So uh, when my eldest child was two, two and a half, um, I went, was struggling with him. Um, and I went along, we both were, my, both my husband and I were really struggling. He was quite challenging. He was uh, very defiant. Um, he was really running rings around us and we didn't feel like we were in charge. So I read a great book called How to Talk So Kids Will Listen and Listen So Kids Will Talk. And it's still one of my all-time favorite parenting books. And I, it really clicked. But in the in the book, it talked about uh, going to a class, and I happened to find that there was a local parenting class um, just starting near me. So I went along, and I just found it totally transformational. And uh, I'd worked in training and development before, uh, so I suddenly thought, oh, gosh, this would really dovetail with my, my previous working background. And I trained um, and then I just, uh, you know, I went from there and started uh, leading classes and working with parents on a one to one all the time um, working with my own children. So at the point that I went, I had a newborn baby and a two and a half year old and then had two more. So I've got two boys and two girls. Oh. <laughs> um, and uh, I um yeah, you know, so all the work that I do That's is very much tried and tested myself. But although I always say to parents, I'm really, you know, I'm not a perfect parent. I get lots of things wrong, but I do have a sort of toolkit to know that if I've used the wrong, <laughs> done the wrong thing, I can pull out a tool to, to you know, to fix it. Uh, and, um, you know, that I think is really great admitting to your children when you've gone wrong and what your mistakes are. It's good modeling for them anyway. So uh, it's good to not to be a perfect oh. parent because then you could, <laughs> then you could model how to, to um, amend your mistakes. Amazing. Great. So I guess like because this podcast is about flexible working and how yes. people make it work. And um, I guess for you with your experience what um what kind of challenges have you faced that you that are common really yeah I felt I mean when I um not long after I started um training I founded a company called the parent practice um with a my business partner Melissa Hood and um it sort of grew and it grew and it became more and more unwieldy with um even though Melissa was very supportive, her children were a bit older at the time. And um, it just, I found that it became really, really difficult to keep the balance of, of um, you know, working flexibly, but it not really encroaching in family life. And especially because um, a lot of our work was evening, as, as, you know, it still is for me now, but, um, you know, then my children were going to bed around seven and I was, it was jolly, it was really hard. So, um, but, you know, I did try to um, do, you know, the technology, so this was kind of between um, 2003 to 
2002 to 2009 so things weren't quite as good as they are now uh, I didn't even I didn't have an iPhone you know it, I couldn't get email on my phone so that meant that whenever I got home I'd have to go and look at email and I think that you know I think technology is a blessing and a curse now because we're far more you know we're, there's a tendency to be more connected all the time um but it does allow you much more flexibility. So, you know, you can quickly ping that email response back while you're waiting to collect your child from school. And I, at those days, I couldn't. So, um, yeah, I think that, um, I mean, I think most parents who have flexible work will say that there are times when it's brilliant. You know, you don't, you can go to the parent meetings with impunity. You can turn up for the little class assemblies um you know without having to explain yourself to anyone um you can you know be your own boss um and that's i think is is great uh and the downsides are it's it's hard to to keep the balance and and uh, it's your business and it's you know you're earning the money <laughs> so it's not like you you know if you take a sick day nobody's paying no. you <laughs> so that side of it is is difficult um yes. or if not if not paying you know the, the business suffers um so i think that that side of it's hard and as and what happened with me is that um the parent practice grew and grew and uh, I was finding it increasingly difficult to keep the balance with my four young children. Um, and uh, there just came a point when it was too much. So I actually sold my share and um, yeah. just took stock for a year and then founded my parenting solutions, uh, where I have been largely focusing on, I do some group work, but I've largely been focusing on the one-to-one consultations um, and then lately um, building up the, the um, web class side of things, um, which is also designed to help, um, you know, reach more parents and hopefully bring in revenue while, while I'm, um, you know, not doing the face-to-face client work myself. So, um, yeah, I did that answer your question. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I think it's interesting how you took pause. Yes. And yeah, reevaluated things yeah. and uh, t- took a slightly different path and it'll be an, it's interesting it'll be interesting to see cuz I'm sure other people who work flexibly come to that point where they think, "Oh, okay, how do I pivot? How do I move away or change things up?" Um do you remember anything in particular? that triggered it I, I know you said it was because yeah there was a lot you were, you were getting a lot of business as it were but was was there anything else at all there was actually <laughs> and I think a lot of parents will relate to this um we'd had a very large event at a school um of over 200 parents had come and um it was a tricky audience. Um, logistically, it was very tricky. We couldn't hear the people at the back. They couldn't hear us. Um, and it was just, it hadn't gone as well as uh, I'd wanted it to. Um, and the next day, I, my mind was very, very preoccupied with um, just kind of churning it over Um because, you know, I think like all of us, you have high standards and high expectations. And if something hasn't gone as well as you'd want it to, um, you, you know, there's a tendency to beat yourself up. So um, 
I spent a lot of that time uh, that day beating myself up. And I got to school to pick up my daughter, who was about six. And um, as I got there, one of the other mothers said, you miss the flamenco show. And uh, so not only had I missed her little performance, uh, but I'd also completely forgot to send her in with the, the flamenco kit. And I was just <laughs> devastated. It, you know, it's, it was just that moment when everything kind of caved in. And I was just, I burst into tears. I was, she hadn't seen me at this point. I was just, at, you know, at the gate. And I just said to this uh, yeah. other mum who's a friend, I, I can't cope. I can't do this anymore. You know, I've let her down and da, da, da. As it happens, uh, my daughter, uh, Scarlett, is just incredibly um, resilient and um, easygoing. And when I got to her, mm. I said, darling, I'm so sorry. You know, I, I miss the show. What did you wear? And she said, oh, mummy, um, I borrowed another girl's skirt. And it was a bit long, so I rolled it up. And, and I said, what, what about your shoes? Because flamenco, the whole thing Aww. is the shoes. <laughs> and, uh, and she said, oh, I just wore my school shoes, but they couldn't, nobody could see them because the skirt was long. And it, it was okay, mummy. And, you know, I was just, well, first of all, I was incredibly grateful that she didn't pile on the guilt. <laughs> uh, but but also, you know, I, I, it was just lovely to see that she she was resilient. And I think that's partly how I have parented. I think with parenting, there's always a mixture of your child's temperament and what you do. Um, and so I like to take a little bit of credit um, for um, yes. just helping her deal with stuff, you know, deal with the unexpected. Yeah. So it was just a really awful, awful moment. And I think, it, you know, that was for me the kind of catalyst to thinking, I'm trying to do too much. I'm missing things. And, mm. you know, of, and the whole point of this flexible working is so that I can see the show. And I missed it because I was so distracted. So, yeah, does uh, I don't know if that's uh, again answers. Yeah, you're saying basically it, it's good to, to pause basically and take stock and reevaluate. Um, yes, so it isn't making things very squiggly. Nothing straightforward as well. Yes, cool. So in terms of like, I'm thinking about your potty training. I'm thinking there's lots of different stages um in that because you've got parents who are thinking about potty training you've yes. got parents who are potty training and probably finding it a challenge or in my case I had to do take two <laughs> of potty training so is there a particular stage basically where clients would approach you yeah I tend to get the the uh the sort of difficult for for, for my one-to-one work my private client work, I tend to get uh, the the parents where it's gone wrong. So they, uh, they, they some come to me proactively and they say, you know, I want to start and I want your guidance and and we work through uh, uh, we you know analyze where their child's at and we work through a system and and um, and then you know they go for it and it's it's very successful. Um, and um, a, a lot will come to me when it's just gone horribly wrong. And so we've got to kind of work on on redressing that and um, helping figure out, you know, what has gone wrong. How it's very much it's it's not a one size fits all approach. Um, and you know that's the same has has been brought into the to the um, 
digital training that I've done because um, I, it's about helping parents figure out their child and what will work with them. Um, so when it's when it's me personally working with with a client, we're we're figuring out you know what's gone wrong, how how to address that. But also there's a specific thing that I bring in that um, is is not in many books. Um, in fact, I think I've come across it a bit in one of the potty training books, but it has really changed. Uh, all the parents that I work with say that, that this is the key that has really, really changed it. And it's about helping them establish, to teach their child uh, the sort of biology, the physiology, the anatomy of what's mm. going on for them um, and helping get them uh, sort of connected with that and clicked in with that um, and uh, working collaboratively with the parent to, to understand, you know, where it all comes from and what the messages are that their brain gives their bladder. And we talk, you know, they get an anatomical diagram and uh, that's designed for children and the kids just oh, love it. Yeah. Uh, so that's often what I'll be focusing in on when, when I've got yeah. the difficult cases because um, that tends to be the difference that yeah. makes the difference. I, I have to agree that because I think as adults you forget because it's second nature because we've yes. done millions of other things alert millions of things after that yes but that's yeah that's the fascinating thing about having a young child rearing them because you have to remember that what you think is really insignificant to them is like yes oh my goodness it's so new it's like even like yeah. when you first yeah. see your hand you're like oh does that belong to me? I can yes, control this. Yes, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and um, you know, we do, we take such a lot for granted. And children, what's really interesting, this of, you know, this will come out in, in, in the work is that I do with the parents, is that um, something may have frightened a child and you just didn't, yeah. um, just didn't get it. So, you know, I was working with a client recently and, through talking to her, she she remembered that the the first poo he did into the loo gave him a real fright, and her auntie was looking was with him at the time, and the the, the little boy jumped off the loo, and there's the poo kind of followed him, <laughs> and uh, what was left, and it fell on the floor, and and the auntie kind of went oh, and and it had triggered the child mm. a fear, and the mum had just just hadn't connected that yeah. Yeah. And and so you know they often are frightened about funny little things that we dismiss. Yeah. Um, and um, when you get to grips with that, get to the bottom of it, um, it and and help them understand that that was the fear and it's not wrong and um, mm. and you know not just tell them not to have it. Um, that can really make a huge difference with children. And so the work that I do with potty training is very much about more than potty training you know because it's very much parents say to me god I'm using it with all my with other children and it's not you know I'm using it to help him eat his meal nicely or you know go to bed it, it's it's kind of progresses into other things so Camilla one last question yeah. so for the listeners who um listen to this podcast tend to be people who are looking to work flexibly so from your experience in terms of uh, setting up your own business what advice would you give them um well, it's a really good question I, I would say in an ideal world um if you are thinking of setting up your own business 
keep something going alongside it that gives you some sort of um, guaranteed income if you don't have the luxury of a partner with an income that's going to support you fully. Um, and um, so actually, I had managed to keep my flat. And um, so that was um, an, a kind of an extra income for me. And then I bought another flat kind of on the strength of it, and so which I did up. And so those two things, when I was first setting up my business, were quite good. They involved a bit of work, but they were quite good as a, a sort of a passive income. But if you're uh, if you've got the flexibility of a job that allows you to go shorter hours um, alongside setting up your business, I think that's really good because it is you know it takes so long to for a business to generate profit that um, you know and if you've got childcare alongside it, it can be quite kind of scary and um, stressful. Uh, it uh, that you know trying to to keep income coming in whilst uh, whilst setting up the, your own business, so that's that's a, a piece of advice I'd give. And the and the other thing, it's about if you've gone from working a working environment to running your own business from home, it does feel quite isolated. And I'd say what I to, tend to do is at least every day I either try to set up. Um, if I can, you know, a coffee or just seeing somebody. Uh, it used to be when I was dropping my children at school, you know, just even a 10 minutes at the school gate to have that, you know, face-to-face -face connection. It can really help just stimulate your energy and sometimes you might even get an idea. Um, or if you, if, if you can't even do that, then have a chat with somebody on the phone because um, it just helps you have that kind of connection and contact with another human being. That's really brilliant. I think you've brought up two really good points there. I think number one, some people feel like they're they hold back from starting out yeah. because they think, oh, financially they need their other half to um, bring in the money, as it were, whilst they're setting up. Um, however, I, I was definitely the breadwinner in my household, um, and I put things in place basically to make sure that we were financially stable whilst I started out. So, and then also to your second point, I think networking and building those relationships with yes. other people to support you as you set up. I think, yes, I completely agree. That yeah. Very good tips. Cool. And, and there are some, also some really good, you know, if you look at there is, there are some really good, um, particularly uh, women's networks, um, you know, evenings or uh, sometimes it's daytime stuff where uh, and I would really recommend people go along to them because you you often meet such interesting people and get ideas. Um, and those are definitely worth putting some time into, even if you don't think if you think like this isn't actually connected with my business. But nevertheless, you never know tangentially who you might meet. Well, it's been lovely speaking to you. I better go. My daughter's just come in. And uh, she's very excited. She's like, apparently, they've bought a big paddling pool. Oh, <laughs> supermarket. So, perfect um, timing. So we'll leave it there. And thank you so much for your time today. Pleasure. We'll enjoy your your paddling pool. <laughs> Thanks. Okay. Bye. bye. As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with others and rate on iTunes. I would love to hear from you, whether it's uh, 
feedback or if you've got any ideas for guests or anyone you think would be good on the show let me know you can email me on podcast at digitalseamstress.co.uk you can also follow me on instagram at the handle at we make it work underscore you can also search for us on linkedin uh, with we make it work podcast i also have another feature where you can leave an audio message for me which I can then include in the show I would love for you to take part in the show in this way so to do that you need to go to anchor.fm slash we make it work with dashes in between the words we make it work forward slash message so just to clarify I'll spell out the whole URL it's uh, anchor.fm forward slash we dash make dash it dash work forward slash message and that they'll be in the show notes anyway the url and uh thank you for listening and bye